This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, it's ruined, and it's all your fault. Plus, this chooses curtain number three. Teresa loves antibiotics, and we talk to John Kenny about love poems for people with children. Woo! Teresa. Yes. How are you? Okay. (laughs) I just have to share that over Christmas, I don't know, I didn't post about this, but I really should have. Mm. I was in urgent care on Christmas Day. I was in mm. urgent care on Christmas Day. So, Merry Christmas. Yes. And like, <laughs> I oddly enough, I don't know if I'm just really haggard and broken mm. or I'm getting really good at this. Mm. Maybe a little bit of both. But it did not feel like a big deal to me. <laughs> it did not feel like Christmas was ruined. Yeah. It was not that distressing or upsetting to me or stressful yeah it was just that we were going to the mountains the next day and curtis was on day five of like a fever and like feeling really sick and that was after being sick so many times that like and we hadn't had antibiotics and like it was just not going away and i was like we can't go to the mountains no like this like it just won't happen so i said to jesse i i mean we can like postpone our trip or, like, I can take him to urgent care today right. and get antibiotics. And he was like, great. Sounds great. You want to take him? Do you want me to take him or you want to go? And I was like, I want to go. go. Yeah. <laughs> get me out of this house. Exactly. I will take this yes. child. Yes. You stay me. here me. and, like, set up <laughs> video games or whatever you need to do. And we went. And, you know, it's, like, kind of quiet. And people are kind of extra nice because yeah. it's Christmas. And, we, and Curtis was amazing because... That's Curtis. Thank you, Curtis. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Here comes Curtis. Here comes the bangs. Yeah. The bangs are long enough to hide the oh, sore on his head that bangs. he keeps picking over and over again. Beautiful. Put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went and, like, we got antibiotics. And I'm not, I understand that antibiotics are controversial <laughs> and that they have, like, there are some problems with yes. antibiotics and, like, overuse of antibiotics. I really get that. This was a situation where this kid has not needed antibiotics for a long, long time, and I really didn't see another way out of this. Sure. And, like, the doctor agreed, yeah. you know? And so we got the antibiotics, and I just, I felt great. I was like, <laughs> and he's also, of course, because it's Curtis, he's great with taking his medicine. Oh, he yeah. He has no problem taking his medicine. He's yeah. happy to do it 20 times. Because <laughs> oh you have to do it for 10 days, days twice a day. He was happy to do it every time. He even, I forgot to give it to him a couple nights, and I had to go in and give it to him in his sleep. That was fine, too. He didn't even wake up. (laughs) Um, So I was just really happy. What a child I know, I know. So So partially it's that, but also it's that... I realized, like, partly the reason I was so happy was that he'd been sick for so long and, like, on and off, where, like, I thought he would... He was better or he was better, but then he would pick up something else. And so the t- the span of 10 days yeah. where he was on antibiotics was like the longest chunk of time since the summer yeah. where I haven't had to wonder, are you getting sick right. or see that he was getting sick again? Like 
10 days was a huge amount of time yeah. to have him be like basically healthy. Yeah. And like I I had like I was pretty like secure that he was going to be yeah. healthy during that span. Now we finished the antibiotics a few days ago. <laughs> He's back at school. Christmas ah. break is over for him. So I assume just a sponge for it's disease. It's coming b- right on back <laughs> into my house. I totally get that. Yeah. But it was a glorious oh. it was a glorious moment. It was a great Christmas yeah. at urgent care. I got to tell you I love medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I just as listening to you and at the beginning with a lot of justification there at the beginning about the antibiotics a little oh, bit. Yeah. I just one, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Two, I'm just thinking about all of us. And like I was like, oh, we gotta save our judgment for other things. For uh, like when the yeah. flags are really yeah. waving. Yeah. When there's like you can see fire and smoke yeah. as yeah. opposed to like, you could have also told me that story. And I would hope for all of us that we would have been like, yeah, I, I'm glad you went to the urgent care and got that surprise <laughs> child. Yeah. As opposed to us now feeling like that we, we have, have to, to like, look, I know okay. that, th- look, yeah. I also know that some people don't know. That's our, I mean, like yeah. there's lots of levels of knowledge out there, yeah. but like it, it is, I've just like, that's one of those things I'm going to try to do different. Yeah. Right? To be yeah. like, I'm just going to listen to my friend tell like, me a story. Don't sweat the that little stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't mean, take on antibiotics. Like, that's not my job <laughs> no. as a parent to take that on, right. that whole situation. Yeah. Right. I, and I, as your friend, just want to hear this nice story about you. your time Thank on you. Christmas very Day. Very true. <laughs> My nice, my nice Christmas. Your nice Christmas on a very special yes. Christmas. Yes. <laughs> How are you, Biz? I'm, I'm all right. First, before I get into my little story that mm-hmm. I want to share, I want to just say I love parents. You guys are all doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes I really don't like parents, mm-hmm. and sometimes we save the good job stuff for the end of the show. But like today was, Stefan had taken the kids to school on their first day back after winter break last week and I got to take them today and Mm -hmm. I just got to see all the parents people are catching up and I have either I am more receptive to honesty from parents Mm. or or people are just getting better about talking about stuff Mm. I don't know maybe I'm being a better listener but like I heard some like you know listening to people I was hearing the ups and downs, yeah. regardless of how nice. they weren't saying it like I would say it, like everything is shit. <laughs> but it was like, oh, this and a little drop about, you know, neurodiversity, a little drop about, mm-hmm. you know, that break was hard, a little drop mm-hmm. about issues with snacking at school, you know, where I just was like, you guys are all just fucking working hard. Yeah. And trying your best. Yes. And we're all very different. But like. I like it. I like it, too. I like like it it so much. I just was like, ah, I'm going to just try and really be listening more. That said, I was on Let's Make a Deal. (laughs) (laughs) Life, dreams, fulfilled. And not only did I get called up, I got to do the big deal of the oh day. My God. And this was very exciting, but there's really two things I want to talk about. Okay. One was the story of what led me to picking curtain number three. I was going to a Starbucks, not my normal Starbucks, but what I'm familiar with, on the way to pick up my friend and go to the show. 
uh-huh. uh, very early in the morning. I go standing in line. There's this guy in front of me, probably a little older than me, so like maybe early 50s. Uh-huh. And he turns to me and he says, I, I really like your glasses. And I say, oh, thanks. I mean, he wasn't being weird or anything. Every time yeah. I tell the story, people look at me like, oh, yeah. yuck. I'm like, no, he was just a human talking to me. Yeah. And I said, thank you. And he said, they remind me of my mom. And I was like, oh, I hope in a good way. And he said, yes. And then, like, there's this pause. And he goes, well, there's this picture. It's making me think of this picture of my mom in front of this car that she used to have. And he names the car, holding me and my, you know, my brother's next to her. And it just... Yeah, I, it, it's really nice to think of her. And I was like, that's that's wow. great. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. Um, and there's a little bit more interaction like that. He goes up to get his coffee. I go up to get my coffee. And when I order it, I'm ready to pay. And the woman says, uh, yours is already paid for. Oh, And nice. I say, oh, bye. And she's like, yes, he paid for your coffee. And I turned to him and I said, thank you so much. And he said, you know, thank you for helping me think about, you know, my mom today. And so I sit down and I think, wow, this is, this is important. Yeah. And I turn to him and I say, I got to tell you, I think this is, we're having an important interaction. I'm going to be on, let's make a deal today, you know, Uh and if I get called up, right, like I'm going to be in the audience and we start talking about the game show and I say, if I get called up and I make it to the big deal, what curtain should I pick? Oh my God. And he does this whole like thing. Some of it involves religion. That's okay. But uh-huh. anyway, the resulting number is three. And I okay. say, you know what? I will pick curtain three if I get called up today. I got called up. I picked curtain three and I won the big deal <laughs> of the day. The very next day, I went back to that Starbucks. Okay. And on I, purpose. On in purpose. In case he might be there. Nope. I was hoping I actually wouldn't run into him. Oh. But I got a gift card okay. for him and yeah. put a healthy amount of thank you yeah. money on it with a note that yeah. just said, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. This is when the show's going to air. He was like a regular there, according yeah. to the woman. And I gave it to her to pass on to him. Whoa. I know. I whoa. Felt, yeah. And whoa. I was such a, like an epic thing, which yes. leads me to the real prize. Yeah. And the real, the real big deal was the entire day, the entire time I was on that show and getting there and prepping for it and picking the costumes, I felt more like... Not just a self, but myself yeah. than I have since, definitely since kids, and if not longer. Wow. Like, I, it was such joy, and it was, so, I felt so me? Yeah. If that makes sense. Completely. Like, I makes felt complete sense. me. I didn't yeah. think about anybody else. I wasn't thinking. I just yeah. was like, I am here to do this. You were this in your element. I was in my element. You knew what you were there to do. Yeah, and yeah. it felt... So great. I was like, oh, I remember who I am and what my skill set is. Yes. (laughs) It was. Anyway, so that was the real deal. And it was really nice. And I had a really nice time. Um, That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with Mm -hmm. us. Because may we all... Like learn from that 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 is that that can happen. Yeah. Like, can we all just be open to that? I know. You know it was what I mean? A very open day. That's so good. And I just was like, I want more days like that. Yeah. Man. I want yes. more of those days. Good um, job. Thank you. 
What I would like less days of, though, uh-huh. is being blamed for yeah. all things wrong yeah. in a child's life. Yes. Today, we're going to talk about how it's ruined, and it's all your fault. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. You and I have discovered we are experiencing something similar in our houses. Yes. From our six-year-olds. Yes. I will admit that I have been feeling very alone in it Mm -hmm. and overwhelmed in it. Yes. And while I do not wish it upon anyone, it did make me feel better Mm -hmm. (laughs) knowing it was happening to you. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought what we would do is at the beginning... Talk about what's happening and then really spend the the time talking about how it makes us feel as people yes. in the world, not like a self. So I'll start. Uh-huh. And that is Ellis Reese, who I have never not said he's a bit more. Yeah. From he, newborn days. From newborn days. Yeah. I he is emotion led. Yeah. You know, very empathetic, I think, is the word I'm starting to, like, latch on to yeah. to help me understand He's him. He's very sensitive. Very sensitive. Yeah. Very... In all the ways that you can be sensitive, yes. I think. Like, when he's big, yeah. he's big. Yeah. When he's happy, he's happy. When yeah. he is sad, it is earth-shattering. I will give you a brief example, and that is... A couple of days ago, Stefan and I were in our, like, den listening to records. Like, he was listening to records, and I was reading, and the kids were in their rooms, and I thought I could hear Ellis screaming. Not mm-hmm. like, I'm in trouble screaming, but, like, I'm really mad screaming. Mm-hmm. And, Stefan, turn it down. Turn the music down. I think Ellis is screaming. And we listen again, and we don't hear it. And I call out, is everything okay? And I hear Katie Bell say, Yeah. And I said, well, I thought I heard Ellis screaming. And Ellis, I hear this voice, I wasn't screaming. And that's when I realized it was a power saw from next door. (laughs) That guy was using like the full on table power saw. (laughs) And then the kids thought that was hilarious. Yes. That I thought that was Ellis. And then I realized I was a shell of a person. Right. But currently, Ellis will be going through his day doing many things that he likes. Mm -hmm. Charmed life. Okay. Then something will happen like it's later in the day than he thought it was. Yep. Or he didn't, and he realizes he hasn't had a chance to do something else that he wanted. Another example is a friend left, and this was very upsetting, even though we all knew it was coming. And it goes from everything is okay to like level 11 uh screaming upset can't control the emotions i can't mm-hmm. calm down my day is ruined it's ruined is it ruined you've we did all these no there was a waste of time mm-hmm. we we played you know board games mm-hmm. like all day yeah you wasted my time oh. doing that it was a waste my day is ruined 
everything is awful and it and it's your fault for ruining it and for messing it up and then you can't help him calm down i have yet in the full six years of having ellis in my life found the and i still try let's take some breath let's stomp it out like all the things you're supposed to do mm-hmm. They do not do mm-hmm. because he is in such a state that he's like, I can't do those things. Mm-hmm. And then even if it dips, it then goes back up again. Right. And it it feels new, even yeah. though I know it's I know it's just another version of it. Yes. But it feels new and I hate it for a multitude of reasons that I will get into later. Yeah. You please, please make me feel better <laughs> by telling me what's happening in your house. Yeah, so it's it's very similar with my six-year-old Oscar. And I will just add that feeling like it's new. Yeah. I also am thinking, I was on the phone with my sister on the way here, and she's like, and he, he didn't used to do that, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well... He's always kind of struggled with, like, emotional regulation. Yeah. I mean, most little kids do to some extent. But this feels like some new evolution of it. And I'm not sure. I can't put my finger on what's different about it. But it does feel like something we're going through right now in our house just in order to like focus our conversation yeah. a little bit, because we could go off in many directions on this. Yeah. One of the things that has been really hard for me is the like, this is your fault. Yeah. You ruined this yes. thing. Yep. Because, you know, I went through with Gracie and we're continuing to work on emotional regulation with her, with all our kids. Yeah. It's it's a common part of parenting and childhood. And I think I have gotten a lot better at staying calm in those moments because I know that they're doing work in those moments. And I know that those moments kind of need to happen and and I can help them by staying calm. That's something I have to offer. And I I have really gotten better at it. But there's also like a limit to it. And what I've noticed is that sometimes I can be calm for a while but somehow the like somehow like when Oscar tells me that it's my fault or accuses me of being the reason he's upset, yeah. which he does a lot. A lot. Like that is when I really start my my skills at staying calm start to break down <laughs> at that point. Like really. Yeah. Because and it's weird too because it's like it's almost like I know he's I know he's not like maniacal, but it's no. almost like he's doing it on like he's finding a way to drag me to that place with him. With him. Because it's like if I am not upset, I think in a way it kind of pisses him off. Yeah. Because he's like, you're not seeing that this is like such a big deal. And that's when he starts to say like, well, this wouldn't even be happening if you wouldn't have, you started this thing about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's all complete bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's such utter bullshit. Yeah, and sorry that that I played with you today. Exactly. Or like, I'm sorry that I, whatever. Wore a sweatshirt. It's beyond absurd. Or just like, 
he's already upset yeah. and then I try to help him and whatever I did was the wrong way to try to help him and that's the real reason yeah. he's upset was oh, the yeah. way I tried to help him when he was upset. He doesn't he's already yeah. forgotten about why he was upset. Yeah. The real problem is me. Yeah. And like <laughs> I can't imagine why this makes us feel bad. Well <laughs> Exactly. And so it's it's almost funny. It's funny in the sense that it's like so absurd but in the moment if I try to laugh it off obviously that makes everything worse oh yeah so I can't laugh it off and like I like thinking about it while you were talking just now I was realizing like part of why it's so hard when he does this Uh is that number one like we're trained to defend ourselves so like immediately I'm doing what I shouldn't be doing, which is going back through and saying, well, that doesn't actually make sense. You asked me to. And I'm trying to argue his feelings with him, which doesn't work. But also the core issue is I'm already blaming myself for this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. From day one. From day one. From the moment he was conceived. Yes. I am already blaming myself for all of the stuff in his life. Yes. There we go. Here we have landed in it. So I think one of the big feelings is I do not like being yelled at like that and being told that I've ruined something for this child when my entire life has been about supporting and caring for this child. Yeah. If, like, he had been doing chores all day, maybe I'm a monster, right? But, like, it's never all day, right? Like, there are expectations we have that the kids need to do, and they know them. They're not a huge surprise. Yeah. It pushes a big button for me and makes me feel like shit. Yeah. And on top of that, I also, the other button that gets pushed is the not being able to find a solution Mm-hmm. Like, not for me, for him. Yeah. The idea that he struggles with regulating these emotions or finding the good thing or the remembering, like, seeing the balance of it all, yeah. which, again, I understand. Yeah. Developmental, everybody at their own pace. We've been doing the show for years, guys. We know the work. Yeah. But for me, in a purely selfish, unscientific way, I am like, oh, my God, can you not? Yeah. This is horrible that you can't figure this out. Right? As a person whose sole motivation is hard work and problem solving. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So that's really hard. And what happens, what I have found has been happening with this is... It really is draining me. Yeah. It's just sucking yes. all the good out of me yes. and then filling me back up with his rage. Yes. And then I feel so gross. And yeah. as I mentioned before, and I told Teresa, and I think this ties into what you said earlier, I go, once he gets down to bed, I was in my room, like, with my puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I need to put things where they belong. Yeah. And they won't argue with me, puzzle pieces. I'm sitting there. I'm listening to, like, calming music in my room. And I'm so just, like, on that verge of tears where they're just, like, here they come just a little. Now they go back. Here they come yeah. just a little. They're just, like, there. And I could hear this voice in my head, like, screaming, yeah. saying, I am a good mother. I am a good mother. This is not your fault. 
This is not your fault. Because it puts into question, like, I feel to blame that he can't figure this out. Yeah. And I'm like, I did not create this. You know, because there's that, we've talked about that. Like, I created the monster. I, you know, because I didn't do X, Y, and Z, my kids are assholes, right? Like, it's not, that's that's not not what it is. But that's the state that I'm left in. Right. Yes. I feel my version of that is, I, I just feel so depleted. Yeah. I'm not even thinking words. But I'm like walking around the house like almost like an old woman. Like I'm like I have like I move slower after like two or three of those really intense outbursts. Like I just feel broken. I feel really broken. And like the same thing used to happen a lot with Grace when she would have like a really hard time. And sometimes I feel like I've like how people describe like, oh, I've been hit by a truck. Like obviously I don't feel like I've actually been hit by a truck, but I just feel that like. My body hurts. Yeah. My body hurts. And I'm just, I just, I sort of have this mental feeling of like, I give up now. Like yeah. there's nothing I can really offer anymore. I, like I, I'm, do- I'm done. I feel like you talking about feeling like an old lady yeah. actually is a great, because it, it, it feels like you are physically depleted. You are emotionally depleted. Your energy depleted, right? Like yeah. it's. It is just like, well, then I guess it's yeah. time to pass on to the other side. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like shuffling around yeah, the, the house. Yeah, the moving slower. Like, yeah. Your life force. Yes, my life force. Literally feels like it's been ripped from your body. And you've got to wait for it to fill back up. That's awful, guys. It is. It's awful. I hate it. This is one of those places as a parent that I fucking can't stand. Yeah. Because not only... Do you feel like shit during it? Yeah. And you have to be like a reasonable person who like vaguely understands how children work. Yeah. Right? And you got to try and remember those two things at the same time, which is really hard. Yeah. And the struggle to not lose your shit is also depleting. And that said, I also hate it when I lose my shit on it. Yeah. I'm with you. I think, I mean, I think... There's work that I'm able to do with Oscar on this stuff when he's calm. Yeah. Like at other times. And like, I think part of why this is so hard is that there are so many times in the day where he's so thoughtful and caring. And like, I'm so sorry, mom. I don't want to be like that. You know, like, I'm so like, and and like, I I really believe him. Like, it's very sincere. And and then, like, sim- seemingly with no rhyme or reason, something that would never have been okay when he was upset is completely fine and a good suggestion yeah. when he's feeling calm. But it, what's hard about that is it, <laughs> I know that, like, we're the parents and we're just supposed to be strong and be, yeah. like, happy with them that they're having those, like, moments as well. <laughs> but it feels, it just feels very unfair yeah. to feel that. I'm always carrying this feeling that something's about to break. Yeah. And he doesn't have to do that. Like I Yeah. And I I understand that he has different his workload is different than mine. Like yeah. his things that he's working on are also really hard for him. But like it's just it just feels 
unfair? It feels really unfair sometimes. I'm like, I feel like when it comes to getting help from professionals, which we do in our family, like we've, I've joked on the show about how many therapists we have supporting our family. And like, I'm really grateful because we have really learned a lot from our therapists and we've, we have come a long way, but like one problem that I have, I think is that, you know, when I'm talking to my therapist about how hard it is, you know, she's very, very supportive of how I feel and what I'm going through, but she doesn't know a lot about how to help my kids. Whereas right. when I'm talking to my kids' therapists, they sometimes have a lot of really great ideas about how to support my kids, but it feels very dismissive um, of me yeah. and, like, what I'm going through and, yes. like, how how hard that is on me. And, like, so yes, I'm doing a lot of that integration myself. Like between working with those different people and sometimes it's sometimes it's just too hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not enough. It's like, really hard when you're already carrying, like you said, the emotional weight of when's it going to happen? Like Ellis is a fucking joy. I mean, he is yeah. just like a little bit of rainbow just shoots yeah, out of his is. face. You guys heard him on the show. Yeah. I was like, I, I will say it took me back to that day of like, no one believes my house is haunted. Right. Because they're seeing yeah. my house yeah. look so nice. I know. And then three hours later, yeah. right. the walls are bleeding. Right. But that's a reflection of like, the, and I am trying to do the celebrating those moments yeah, yeah. versus the other. But you are, it's the walking on eggshells. It's yes. the anticipation, which is also hard work to carry. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just feel like there's just so much work. It just reminds me that like this is unbelievably hard and like I feel physically and emotionally just like fucked up. <laughs> yes. And and yet I'm going to keep doing it yeah and like keep doing it i'm gonna keep doing it and you're gonna keep doing it yeah and i just really gonna try real hard to be nice to fucking everybody (laughs) yes because everybody's got some version of this in their house there is a hard thing happening different degrees different degrees but like holy shit i am tired of feeling like from a purely selfish one bed mother standpoint yes I'm tired of feeling like shit. I don't like getting yelled at. If anybody else yelled at me like that, I would be done with them. Right. (laughs) I would not be in my circle anymore. I am tired of feeling that drained. And I wish my kid could figure it all out instantaneously. (laughs) Yes, please. Yes, please. I'll have what she's having. One Bad Mother is brought to you in part by Third Love. Third Love uses measurements of millions of people to design bras in over 80 sizes with all-day comfort and support. I have to say, I really enjoy my Third Love bra. Did you know that breast shape matters when you find a good fit? What? In about 
60 <laughs> seconds. Their Love's Fit Finder quiz helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. Their bras feature straps designed not to slip, <laughs> tagless labels, yes, and lightweight memory foam cups. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Guys, I'm just going to say half sizes. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com mother now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com mother for 15% off today. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. So, Jesse and I have been plotting to make our kids <laughs> do sports. <laughs> and, um, and I mean that in, like, the kindest, gentlest way possible. But um, Gracie has been taking this, like, girls' softball clinic, and it's, like, really small, and sometimes she's the only one there, and so she gets a lot of personalized Ooh. attention, and it's, like, she's been doing really great with it. And then we figured out that there is a little kid's soccer class that meets at the same time at the same park. What? And so we're, like, let's... Let's just do it. And so we agreed we were going to do it. And it's like through the parks and rec. Yeah. It's like very inexpensive and, you know, whatever. So we're like, let's. love parks and rec. Yeah, it's the best. (laughs) And so we we were going to do it. And then we kind of forgot about it because we got busy over winter break. And then yesterday, Monday, Jesse texted me like, what are their birth dates? I'm at the park getting them registered (gasps) for the thing. And I was like, okay, great. But then I found, like, he told me then the first one was that night. And Mm. you know my kids, they need to prepare. They can't just come home from their day and find out we're going at 5 o'clock to the park for your first class. Yeah. And even Grace, who had done this clinic before, it's been weeks because it was, like, the last session. And so I I took it upon myself to make this happen because I didn't want them to miss the first class. I wanted right. to get started on the right foot. And basically, I knew Curtis would be happy to go because <laughs> that's him. And he's just been watching. He just wants yeah. to. So I knew he'd be OK. But I had to, like, explain it to Oscar in a way that made him want to go. But I did using mom magic. Yeah. And then Grace came home from her first day back at school Woo! from winter break. Woo! And I started telling her right away when she got home, like, we've got about an hour. And yeah. then we're going back out for, for softball. And she's like what? I didn't have any warning on Because she knows she gets a warning. Yeah. So she's like, I didn't have any warning on this. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> and I just remembered that I had been thinking I would get pizza for them that night anyway. Mm-hmm. So I said like, well, after we, go- well, yeah, we are going to go actually. Because 
I'm sorry, we didn't realize tonight was the first night. We are going to go. But afterwards, we're going to get pizza. Yeah. And, like, it just shifted her gears to where she never said, like, okay, fine, I'll go. But she just did it. Yeah. Like, she just got ready and went. Pizza, guys. Yeah. Pizza. That is so great. Thank you. Good job. That's a lot of fucking work. Good it was. job. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> this episode is coming out on my birthday week. Yay. Happy and birthday. the big difference between when we started this show uh-huh. and the last two years, at least, that I can think of. Okay. I just want to pat myself on the back for getting really good about asking for what I want. Yeah. I still have not figured out about asking for plans or parties. I still really want to have like a Kenny Rogers party where uh-huh. everybody has to come dressed up as Kenny Rogers. And we listen good. to Kenny Rogers and we watch The Gambler in the backyard. Yeah. But I also am like, ah, maybe we'll do it in the summer. Okay. But in terms of gifts that I need yeah. or would like, yeah. I have been really doing a great job. Last year, I got everything I wanted. Because and I you loved it because I knew what I wanted and, and I asked. What to ask for. And That's I asked so again. Good. Yeah. Even though there was some like hinting that, oh, all your shopping's already done. Uh-uh. No. Here's I my list. Asked yet. I haven't yeah. asked yeah. for anything. Very nice. And so I just am like, I can do that. Good job. Thank you. So good. With age comes wisdom. <laughs> Hi, One Bad Mother. I'm calling with a genius. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom with a 11-month-old baby. Um, I've been off with her since she was born, and I have a four-and-a-half-year-old who goes to school. And I was feeling kind of resentful that I was the only one home, and I was cleaning the kitchen constantly um, and always cleaning up after kids, and it felt like I was the only one who was ever standing in that kitchen. (laughs) So I decided that for my own mental health, I would stop cleaning the kitchen during the day. So now during the day, the dishes pile up. The dishwasher doesn't get touched. I don't rinse things. I don't clean things. I just put them in the kitchen. And then when my husband gets home from work, I clean up the kitchen before I prep dinner because it's really annoying to cook in a messy kitchen. But I don't do it all day long. And the resentment about being in the kitchen a lot has definitely lessened. And I'm actively not looking at my kitchen all day. And it feels really, really good. That's my genius. I stopped cleaning during the day. Thanks, guys. Take care. It's a really good yeah, genius. That's really good. I suffer from the constant cleaning. Yeah. Just for it to get trashed again. I totally this like reminds me of like one of my favorite genius calls from the latest spectacular. The woman who chose to sit in a different spot at dinner. Yeah. I think this is a good let's try this. Yeah. I will admit, I was thinking you were going to say, and then when my husband comes home, he cleans all that shit up, and then I cook dinner. Yeah. We can work towards it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We can try something different another day. But maybe she also wants a break from the kids at that point. Yes, by that time. And so it's like a good time. You know what I mean? Like turn on some music and clean the kitchen while you make dinner while husband is like hanging out with the kids. I could see that being better. that would be me. Yeah. So you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, you're amazing. I love it. I love it too. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. I don't know why I thought it would be a good idea to have Curtis, my almost three-year-old, walk one of my dogs. Um, 
I obviously I supervised, but I was like, I think I think he can do this because Coco is pretty old now and she can't go that far. So I was like, we're just going to do like a short little walk and then we'll go back. And he was actually doing so incredibly well. I was amazed at how well he was doing. And he had the leash all by himself and they're walking along. And then what I forgot is that Coco always gets really excited when it's time to turn back and go home. (laughs) I just completely forgot. And as soon as she heard me say like, okay, she just turned around and just ran full speed towards home. And of course, Curtis just Face planted. Yeah. Like, didn't occur to him to let go of the leash. Yeah. So he just slammed <laughs> his whole body <laughs> on the ground. And he'd been doing so good. And then now he was crying yeah. and his face was covered in dirt. Oh. And that, and I was also holding my camera, <laughs> like, as that happened because I, I was, like, thinking I was doing such a good, cute thing. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, first, you're doing an awful job. But as you started, I was like, I really wish that I know she's not going to say this, but I really hope she says, I figured Curtis was old enough to walk the dog. Yeah. So I let them go. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and, that, and they never came back. They, never came, they came back. It was great. So uh, my mother's birthday is two days before Christmas. Uh-huh. Hasn't changed. Uh-huh. And I and we even do like a advent calendar thing at home. Right. Like not just the chocolates, but like we're counting down. So I yeah. know it's two days before we called her. Uh-huh. We did all the songs in happy in English and in Swedish. Uh-huh. And whoopity woo, call us back because it's the mess answering machine. Oh, uh-huh. And then the next day, or maybe even two days later, uh-huh. I was like, "Huh, it's Christmas Eve." That's two days after I called her. Yeah, okay. I called her on the wrong day. Wow. Yeah. I did not uh, feel great about that. I mean, there was nothing to do. Can't fix that. It's done. Yeah. But like, wow. Yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. It did did really suck. It probably confused her, too. I know. I know. I know. Probably. Is today my birthday? (laughs) I would have been that way. I would have been like, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Happy birthday to me. Hello, this is a fail. Make uh, smoothies in our house that have like broccoli and carrots and banana and lots of peanut butter and spinach and vanilla and milk and cocoa powder. And it, maybe it sounds more vegetable-y than it is. I don't know. It's great because it tastes pretty good and it has a shit ton of vegetables in it. And that's not really the point of the story. The point of the story is We use baby carrots, and three times now, I have accidentally put the bag of baby carrots back in the freezer instead of the fridge, which means that I've taken three bags of baby carrots, like, full, that we would otherwise be able to snack on, and I have instead frozen them, and it's not not good. I mean, it still works for smoothies, but then we don't have carrots to eat. Uh, which is actually fine because I hate eating raw carrots. <laughs> but my husband and my children really like it. Yeah, anyway, uh, God bless this hotline. Okay, I love you. Bye. Yes. Yeah. God bless this hotline. Putting stuff in, in the, the wrong, wrong place. place. Just a constant struggle. It is. For all of us, isn't I, it? <laughs> I still today will be going over to pour water in Ugh. the mach- coffee machine. Yeah. 
and I hover over the grinder. I hover over the grinder and I think, look at me. I'm starting to do the pour. I'm tilting. Yes. I need to go Uh here. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. There's a sausage missing in our house. Stefan says he brought... We were going to do like smorgasbord, you know, like cheese and sausage thing, which yeah. is what we do on Christmas, just to chill out. And he had brought all the stuff. And then like that night, he's like, I could have sworn I know I bought a sausage. But I don't I don't see where the sausage is. And I was like, we are going to find that sausage one day. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be. But one day the sausage will come to us. It will. Uh-huh. It will find you. It will find us. Well, despite all the validating of the good job you're doing making those healthy fucking smoothies, you're doing a horrible job just functioning as a human in the world. Yeah. Ugh. Whoa. (laughs) You're doing awful. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. (music) Teresa, today we are calling John Kinney, who is the New York Times bestselling author of the humorous poetry collections Love Poems for Married People and Love Poems for People with Children and the novels Talk to Me and Truth in Advertising, which won the Thurber Prize for American Humor. He has worked for many years as a copywriter, and he has also been a contributor to the New Yorker magazine since 1999. He lives in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, John. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get in to uh, the very classic art form of poetry, I would like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Who lives in my house? Um, I live there uh, when I'm allowed to. Um, I live with my um, amazing wife, Lissa, and our two children, uh, Lulu, who turns 11 next week and wants an iPhone desperately, and her little brother, who's seven, Hewitt, who is a Yankees fan, despite the fact that his father is from Boston, and our 11-year-old, I don't know what breed she is, dog, Muffin, and I did not... I did not name her. Wow, uh, uh, eleven and seven—that is yeah. one year off from both of my children. And we should really just one day have a forum for people with ten and eleven-year-olds to talk about iPhones. But that's not why we're here yes. today. We're here to talk about your poetry books, love poems for married people, and love poems for people with children. These are a delight. They are a delight. And I I just want to start with a poem so that our listeners can understand why we think it's so delightful. Let's start with Orgy. I believe that came out of the Love Poems for Married People. Is that correct? Yes, it did. Okay. Would you please share us? Orgy. Autumn, overcast and cool, wood smoke-scented air, leaves in the yard. We decided to go out back among the tall hedgerows to rake and bag the leaves. 
you said in a very sexy voice, we're out of garbage bags. And in shrugging, I might have seen your breasts move had they not been covered under your fleece, sweatshirt, work shirt, and T-shirt. Well, I'm going in now, you said. Later, we heated up Dinty Moore beef stew, and then you went to bed. I watched half of a Jason Bourne movie. Did I say orgy? Sorry, my mind wandered. I meant yard work. I, I, I love this so very much because it is steeped in honesty. I, I, I don't know if it was the description of the sweater, the clothing attire, or the uh, watching half a Jason Bourne movie, but I understand all of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for six months in the winter, we live in Brooklyn, New York. You know, the number of layers on my wife, I don't see her naked skin for, I would say, five <laughs> to six months. <laughs> Yeah, it's, Teresa, that was one of your favorites. Yeah, I, I just, the amount of acceptance yeah. in this poem, I really appreciate. Like, yeah. it just, it just is. Yeah. It just is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to now share with you guys, I, Stefan and I, uh, my husband Stefan, he and I read them all over the holiday break while eating fondue, which seemed the most appropriate way to read anything titled Love Poems. And we we took turns swapping the books and, and reading them to each other. And, and then when my daughter would come in, because we were like, uh, you're eating early. It's fondue night for your parents. <laughs> it's for us. Fondue. She'd come in and be like, what are you reading? And we're like, nothing for you. Go to your room. And be sullen. And then we would sit and eat fondue and read the pieces. And I would like for, I have another request for a poem that really tickled us while we were having our fondue and our very, I guess, romantic evening. And that would be one about the phone sex. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I just, I don't write just about sex. So, no, it's okay. We have another one that we will request later. But <laughs> So this is called Sexting Isn't This, Apparently. <laughs> I did not know during the monthly rote calisthenics of our sex that you would be upset if I sent a quick text message to my college roommate, Marie, who texted back and asked if I had watched Ozark. I texted, yes. It's amazing. I love Jason Bateman. And I guess I was surprised. And from the look on your face, you were certainly surprised that I was sexting. Except you said, that's not sexting. So I texted Marie to ask her, and she texted back, LOL, are you really having sex right now? I said I was, but not anymore. That you had stormed out of the room and tripped and fell in the hall. And Marie said, that's a little funny. I sent a smile emoji because it was a little funny. I also really like this. 
And I not I, that any of these are autobiographical. No, I appreciate no. that. But let's actually let's talk a little bit about what inspires a poem. Like, where do you start with your with your poems? And obviously, we do not assume they are all autobiographical. However, there's a feeling of realness to all of your poems. <laughs> um, thank you. I think um, you know they start they the heavy lifting. I think is the the title. It's almost like a kind of a headline. And, you know, I I can't give enough credit to my wife. Uh, we've been, I mean, I'm the luckiest man in America. We've been married for 15 years, and she's a wonderful writer and a great editor, and that she's incredibly honest. You know, she she will both line edit something, but also sort of macro edit and say, look, this just it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But she'll also come up with great ideas. Uh, for things. So poetry, and, and again, I I don't think what I do is poetry. Poetry is so hard because it's this incredible distillation, right? It has to be such a clear little diamond of a truth, and there's no room for excess. So, you know, so much of it lies, I think, in, in the title. Well, that's interesting that you say that about your wife. I there are two things. One, there are definitely some poems that are written from the perspective of, I could, I assume, the wife, like where it's you come up behind me, you put your hands on my shoulders, you suddenly, right? Like there's. Absolutely. I, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, I and, and I made those. a point. Um, you know, the guy is always the, the boob. Yeah. And the woman, is, the woman is always the hero uh, in these. That's how it is in my marriage anyway. So, um, uh, that's very good. But let's talk about kids. Let's talk about the love poems for people with children. And this is one that doesn't talk about sex. Could you share with us, I think, is it Family Vacation? Family Vacation. Yes. Family Vacation. This is relaxing, I think to myself, <laughs> on the first day of our vacation, as I hide in the men's room of a Roy Rogers at a rest stop just off bumper-to-bumper I-95 while the kids continue fighting with tennis rackets in the back seat and only five more hours to go. I don't want to leave this place, I whisper aloud. Neither do I, says the man in the next stall. I love this one so very much. It's so My, we, we just we just got back from you know sort of a it was a long Christmas yeah. break and yeah. uh, you know we stayed local and did lots of day trips with the kids and on the day the kids went back to school my wife texted me at about nine thirty from her office saying I'm so happy today I could cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's also a good working title for a poem. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite that that you would like to share? There's there's one I'm fond of that I will be happy to read. Oh, thank you. Uh, it, this is called, Why Are You in the Shower with Me? <laughs> Did the bathtub shrink? I ask because here we are, naked, showering together, like we once did all the time. Remember? At the beginning, we would stand and talk, seals slipping by one another, a playful ease letting the other into the stream. Now, I'm not sure what you're doing in here. I'm, I'm freezing. 
their shampoo stinging my eyes. You just stepped on my foot. For the love of Christ who flushed the toilet, because I'm being scalded alive. Get out now. It was a nice idea, though, honey. Could you close the door? <laughs> oh, that is a very good one. It really is. Yeah. If, if I tried to get into the shower with yeah. my wife, yeah. she would beat me senseless yeah. with yeah. a bar of soap. Yeah, I, yeah, there are definitely moments where I think back to the beginning stages of the relationship with my husband, and I there was yeah shower, sure. bath time, a lot of fun, oh. a lot of fun yeah. stuff, and I too there was lots of stuff. Yeah, and I remember thinking, I it it is that exact thing. How could there possibly be room anymore in yeah. this yeah shower? Yeah, I, yeah. I, that it feels impossible. And, uh, I don't want to be touched. There's so much touching. There wouldn't be enough room in here. A lot of touching. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's just, there's just, I, why, I don't. I don't, how is that a thing? I uh, think we crave privacy now. Yes. yes. I have a friend who's a comic, and he has an eight-year-old and twin three-year-old, <gasps> and he has to go on the road a lot. Yeah. And his wife said to him, listen. You better be having sex in that hotel room yeah. because if you're sleeping through the night, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is uh, yeah, I'm familiar with that feeling. Well, let's wrap up on what are you, what are you working on now? Well, there is talk of a, uh, a new book called uh, Love Poems for Anxious People. <laughs> yeah. That's... But I'm too stressed to write it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is wonderful. John, I cannot say thank you enough for these two love poem books. I, I will have to say, as a parent, I find reading to not be the thing that was that is pleasurable as it once was. <laughs> and so what I love about these collections is that I can enjoy them a page at a time, anytime, and yet they are each filled with such honesty that it is just like little tiny delights that I get to unwrap whenever, whether I'm having fondue or not. We're going to link everybody up to where they can get a copy of it as well as to your other works. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope you have a good new year. You as well. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey gang, Jesse here, the founder of Maximum Fun, and with me is Stacy Molsky, who is, among other things, the lady who responds to all of your tweets. Hi everyone, I also send you newsletters. Uh, so anyway, something really awesome. You, Max Fun listeners, have given us the chance to do something really cool on behalf of our entire community, and we wanted to tell you about it. Last summer, following the Max Fun Drive, we put all of the enamel pins on sale to $10 and up members, with proceeds going to the National Casa GAL Association for Children. Your generous support and enthusiasm raised over $100,000. Our bookkeeper, Steph, would be quick to tell me the exact total is 
$109,025, to be exact. Your money will go toward pairing kids who've experienced abuse or neglect with court-appointed advocates or guardian ad litem volunteers. In other words, kids in tough spots will have somebody in their corner. Knowledgeable grown-ups who are on their team through court dates and life upheavals and confusing situations, whatever. The money we raise together is going to help a lot of kids. Whether you bought pins or not, you can help us build on that $109,000 foundation. Make a donation to support National Casa GAL and help some of our nation's most vulnerable children at MaximumFun.org slash C-A-S-A. That's MaximumFun.org slash CASA. And seriously, thank you. Our community rules. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Courtney Enlow. I'm Brent Black, and we're the hosts of Trends Like These. Trends Like These is an internet news show where we take the stories trending on social media and go beyond the headlines. We'll give you the actual facts of the story and not just the knee-jerk reactions. Plus, we end every episode with a ray of hope that we call the Wi-Fi of the week. So join us every Friday on Maximum Fun. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Trends Like These, real-life friends talking internet trends. Do you think that poetry is like those songs that like Daniel Tiger's mother always, you know, like we're always like, oh, if there was a way, maybe if I sing it, it'll feel, it'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's something about seeing it in poetry mm-hmm. that makes you go, like, oh, my life is actually beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love these poems, guys. Love poems for married people and love poems for people with children. I cannot recommend it enough. What I also will always recommend is listening to a mom have a breakdown. Okay, so this is a rant. I'm standing in the stupid Target line, um, and which... To start off with, there's, like, more than enough people in this Target because it's Christmas time and I'm shopping. And all I want is a dustpan. So I go to Target and I get in the stupid line and everyone in front of me is buying everything. And in the course of, like, our shopping, of course my, like, 21-month-old has picked up a stupid $5 toy that I'm not going to buy for him, but I'm going to let him hold till we get to the register because he's almost two and because he does things like, have tantrums if he sits in the car seat for too long. Anyway, the lady in front of us turns around and says, oh, does he like that strawberry thing? And I say, yeah. I said, I'm not going to buy it for him, but yeah. And she picks up the puzzle that she has in her hand and says, oh, well, this is actually really good, too. It has numbers on it. And, you know, my son is, my grandson is two, and he's already counting all the way up to 100. Fuck you, Target lady. My son is 21 months old, and he hasn't talked yet. Besides to say, besides to say, Mama, Dada, and Moo, and Ba. Okay. So why? What is your need? What is your need here to like brag to me about your grandson who's just so smart and counting all the way up to 100? My kid has sensory processing disorder, and he was a preemie, and he was three pounds when he was born, and I just don't. Really, 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 really don't like it when other people out in public make me feel shitty for what my child can do at his age. I just don't like it. How about if you really want to comment, 
How about you just turn around and say, oh, my God, he's so cute. What is, what is the deal? So that's my rant. I'm really upset. I know I'm going to come across this the rest of my life with my kid. But I just, just stop it. Just stop making me feel shitty because my kid is at a different developmental level than yours. Thank you. You guys are doing a good job. Bye. You are doing yeah. a good job. Uh-huh. You're and doing such a good job. You're doing such a good job. Yeah. And I really like the advice yeah. that you uh, recommended of, oh, my God, that's a cute baby. Yeah. You can't go wrong with, yeah. oh, my God, that's a cute oh, baby. Look how cute your kid is. Look how cute your kid is. Yeah. You're avoiding all the yeah. traps. Because, yeah. again, we don't know what somebody's yeah. Going through. May I also recommend saying what a cutie or look how cute your kid is and not gendering yeah, that's your what, little kid. Yeah. Like uh, there's so many, you can let go yeah. of so many additional weird things Yes, and just limit it to look at that kid. What a great job you're doing. Or yeah. look how cute that kid is because all of the kids are cute. Yes, That they will are. be true no matter what. <laughs> You won't be lying. Yeah. And I like I just want to tell you what a good job you're doing. And I listening to you talk about the like sensation of when this woman said this to you, feeling like feeling judged and feeling bad and feeling like, you know, my kid's gonna have struggles, you know, this is gonna be like it reminded me a little of like what we were talking about at the beginning and about like you are doing a good job mm-hmm. and there's nothing anyone is ever going to say that should make you feel like you are not. Mm-hmm. You are so in the middle of it right now. And with 21 months, yeah. the, after pre, after uh, premature birth, after all of those things, I mean... 21 months is not a time enough time to have processed and like integrated those different events. Yeah. Well, and there's also still just like a lot you don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're just, and you're just living with your kid. Exactly. And caring for your kid. And exactly. learning more about who they are while they become who they are. That's right. Yeah. And as we have proven time and time again, we all feel super responsible for the things that aren't in our control. Yep. And you I mean, you should be buying the puzzle oh, that obviously. has the letters on it and the numbers because yeah. that will make a big difference. Oh, it's a huge It's better difference. than the strawberry thing that he yeah. was holding. Yeah, he clearly is begging for something <laughs> different than the strawberry thing. Right? Like, what the fuck? What is this? I like it. This woman's like, what's the, does he like the strawberry thing? I like that you gave such, you gave no shits about the strawberry thing that I'm like, why would this woman ask about it? Right. Were there numbers on it? Was there an activity related to the strawberry thing? Or was it just a fucking strawberry? Because if it was just a fucking strawberry, this woman had no right to compare it, it to a puzzle. It seems like <laughs> she was, it seems like oh, from your story yes. that the woman was looking for an opportunity to talk about her grandchild. Yes. Great. Which, that's fair. Fine. Mm-hmm. Great for them. Yes. But <laughs> what do we know? We know 
we know nothing about yeah. what is going on with other people. Yep. And sometimes we can innocently step in it mm-hmm. by wanting to talk about our own experiences, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we all know we're not doing it at anybody and they are not doing it at us. None of that takes away from the feeling experiences we have when we run into it. Yep. Okay. And you are doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you are. You're in Target and you're standing up to your 21-month-old about a time. To me, I was like, I didn't know where this was going, but I was like, good job not buying that toy. Yeah. You got this. Right? Like, I... You're doing such a good job. Yes, you are. Should just be high-fiving at Target all the fucking time. Seriously. Teresa, what did we learn today? I I don't think we've done a show like this in in a while, but, like, I really feel like I, I'm not sure I learned anything except that, like, the reminder of how really hard it is it was like my voice cracks Mm -hmm. how really hard it is at different stages and you know I think I had texted you a show idea about like the ebb and flow of how I feel about parenting Mm -hmm. but I think we just covered that today like there's there are definitely moments where I feel great about life choices and the job I'm doing and my family and uh, all those things. And then just as quickly, I will get hit by the sensation of why am I doing this? I don't like this at all. Like at all. I feel bad about it. I don't like how I feel. I'm feeling tired and depleted and I don't want to be yelled at by my kids and like no one understands and I could be doing something else with my life. And I hate that feeling. Yes. Because I feel like I'm not supposed to feel that way. Yes. And that is the rub, as it were. Like, I think one of the hardest things about parenting for me is when I have those feelings, feeling like I'm doing something wrong for having those feelings. Yep. Feeling worse because of the feelings. Yeah, because of the feelings. I don't know how to fucking stop that. Yeah. You know, I I guess we just learned that kids are all struggling. Mm -hmm. I like that you kept referring to it as work. They all have their own work Mm -hmm. that they're doing. And that we, as their caretakers, Mm -hmm. have to live through it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, we have feelings, too. Yeah. We have feelings, too. We do. Did you guys know that? Did you know that? Did you guys know that? We have feelings. We have feelings too, you know. It's not my fault. This is your fault. You ruined my life. <laughs> I was just going to say, we definitely deserve trophies for having not ever said, said that. that. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> this is this is my safe space to yeah. come in and say all the things I'm not going to say. You guys are like my house. I ruined I everything. Ruined I did. <laughs> Look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I could be playing the banjo by now. I could have it. I could be on the stage, getting my Academy Award. I could be doing something different. 
definitely enjoying showers with my partner in a different way. God, <laughs> your fault. Your fault. <laughs> On that note, you guys are all doing a remarkable job. You are. We see you. Let's go out and see each other. Mm-hmm. And let's go out and look for those moments when they present themselves that allow us to feel like a self. Step out of our parenting bodies and approach the world as we once did. Teresa, you are doing such a good job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.